right, it's day 14 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. Thanks for tuning in again. Or if this is your first time, welcome aboard. If I was your pilot on this tour through the Gospel of John, I would come over the intercom right now as we move into John chapter 6, starting in verse 60, and I would give an announcement that would go something like this. Ladies and gentlemen, please make sure that your seat belts are securely fastened. Pull those belts tight because we are about to fly into some turbulence. It's going to be a bumpy ride. So far in the first six chapters of John's Gospel, it's been relatively smooth sailing. Jesus does miracles and the crowd goes wild and thousands of people follow him and, and we can get swept up in the movement through, uh, of it all, this Jesus movement through the living word of God. But what do you do with the tough verses in the Bible? What do you do with the things that Jesus said that are a lot harder, practically speaking, to process? Because here in John chapter 6, verse 55, Jesus just blatantly puts it out there. He says, not only am I the bread of life, but my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. <laughs> That's pretty strong. And it's a bit morbid, too, as he goes on. Jesus says, I'm the true bread that came down from heaven. And anyone who eats this bread, this is verse 58, will not die as your ancestors did. All this talk about dying and, and, and sacrificial language. Of course, with our perspective, knowing where Jesus is going, uh, we have the benefit of hindsight. And that, that gives us a kind of a crystal clear vision for, for where Jesus is moving this, this parade toward the cross, toward a place where he will sacrifice his body for the sins of the world. He will shed his blood out of love for us, God's outpouring of love through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. But his disciples here in John 6 didn't have that benefit of hindsight. They're, they're hearing these words for the first time. And keep in mind, it's their Passover. It's their highest holy day. And, and now Jesus is redefining it, saying the bread of the Passover meal, now this is my body, and the wine of the Passover meal, now this is my blood. This is very hard to understand, verse 60. And some of his disciples, in fact, many of his disciples, of this, these hundreds in his core congregation, how can anyone accept it? What they were saying is we can't accept it. We won't accept it. We're offended. Jesus, you're just not who we thought you were. And so we're going to go. The tragedy in this story, of course, is not for the few disciples who stuck with Jesus and, and Jesus himself, although I'm sure they were heartbroken. It's heartbreaking to see brothers and sisters in Christ leave. But the real tragedy was for the people who were so close to Jesus. I mean, they had the opportunity, not just of their lifetime, but of any human lifetime. They were following the God who became human and showed up and called them to follow. And they accepted the invitation and they were right there. I mean, talk about being close to the greatest, most valuable treasure in the history of, uh, of planet Earth. And they left. They wandered away from it. They, they just would exit stage right. Why did they do that? Well, it's the same temptation that we have today. And that is when it comes to these tough texts, when it comes to the challenging teaching of scripture, either we ignore it or, or we try to water it down and, and, and you know, make it more comfortable so that it fits inside of our preconceived notions and our, our, our spiritual comfort zones, inside of our, our boxes that, that we prefer to have. It could even be good things like, like our values or our worldview or our politics. And if we start with that box, if we say, okay, Lord, here's, here's the box of my life and, 
as long as you fit inside the boundaries of that box and everything stays nice and neat and orderly and you agree with my worldview, you agree with my values, you agree with my politics, you agree with the way I see things, then we're going to get along just fine. The problem with that is somewhere along the way, Jesus is almost certainly going to offend us. He's almost certainly going to going to push our buttons and challenge our preconceived spiritual comfort zones to the point where it really begs the question, when you dance with God, who leads? Do you start in the position of saying, well, this is what I believe and this is what I want to be spiritually and this is who I want God to be and, and this is comfortable for me and so God, just, just, just come on in here and fit inside my box. Or are you ready to take this really rather giant-sized leap of faith and step forward in Christian maturity, and that is to open up that box of our preconceived spiritual comfort zones and just surrender it and dump it out and let it go? Because there is a whole whole lot more living to do outside the box than inside. What God has for us well, this is where the adventure of following Jesus Christ becomes radical. This, this is where we get filled to overflowing with God's love and his untouchable joy and his peace that passes all human understanding. You ever wonder why so many church people don't seem to have any indication of, of that overflowing love, that untouchable joy, that peace that passes all human understanding? Is it possible that it's because we insist that God fits inside our boxes, so this is as big as God ever gets for us? What if we let God be God? What if we let Jesus Christ lead this dance of our lives? What, what, what if we seek to follow him instead of getting Jesus to conform to us and fit inside of our boundaries? What if we, uh, what if we surrender our will to God's will? Well, that's where uh, the new life is to be found. And there's a hint of it here toward the end of John chapter 6. Even in the midst of this turbulence, there's this moment of clarity and breakthrough. Jesus says, after many of his core congregation of disciples left him, Jesus turned to the twelve, the inner circle of his core congregation, his chosen twelve, and he asked them, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter spoke on behalf of all the disciples and he said this, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. May those be more than just words you read out of John chapter 6 today. May they be your words. May you sing in in uh, harmony and in, 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 in perfect harmony with Simon Peter. This isn't just what Peter and those 12 core disciples believe. This is what I believe. You have the words that give eternal life, Jesus. And so we believe and so we know that you are the Holy One of God. This is outside the box Christianity. This is where it gets really fun. We'll pick it up there tomorrow. like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using that helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Bye.